Kaurahi uli tēnei o Te Atiawa me Taranaki, ko Alistair Pumas Amavolahau. Um, I teach at the Faculty of Māori and Indigenous Studies at the University of Waikato and one of the great joys of the last three years of my life has been um, a Marsden-funded project called Writing the New World, Indigenous Texts 1900 to 1975. The project um, spends time going all around the region, 1900 to 1975, a period that we actually don't know that much about. We spend a lot of time talking about kind of first adventures and connections with Europeans coming into the region, and we talk about more recent things, but particularly in the area of writing and literary studies, which is my own background, um, it's kind of like what really happened between you know, the end of the kind of contact colonial period and Albert went, like, what, what happened in that time in between? Writing the New World um, has brought together 16 different Indigenous uh, researchers from all around the region with really different backgrounds um, and different perspectives and different skills. Um, and the podcast is intended to feature their views, their ideas, their experiences, so that you also can have an opportunity to connect um, with this writing, but also with the region that it comes from. The whole concept of the podcast is so much that happens at universities, um, really are, are things that people beyond the university might be interested in hearing about. We're interested in celebrating the writing from this time period, but also celebrating the work of the amazing researchers that have worked on the project. And so we are hopeful that members of their communities and the members of the communities um, that produce this writing in the first place um, would find these podcasts to be interesting and maybe um, would have them um, ask some questions and feel interested in knowing a bit more about the writing of their own communities. In order to contribute to the New Zealand um, Pacific and Māori Language Weeks, um, in 2020, a special issue of the podcast is being launched um, with each of those language weeks, um, featuring people from those language communities um, speaking about their research in that language. Māloi lele, māloi lava mai. I'm your podcast host, Wanda Yeremia Allen. Today's podcast is a special recording for Tongan Language Week, Wiki Katoa Ngai, Olea Fakatonga. You will be hearing from soon-to-be Dr. Elisabesi Hippiavia and also Mele Kato Latunapulu, who have both just completed their studies here at the University of Waikato. Enjoy. Maloi lava mai. Writing the New World Project is, is looking at, um, uh, probably as the word that you talked about, rekindling, uh, revitalising and a bit of a reawakening for um, a 21st century generation to this amazing indigenous literature. Um, I think the first one that um, comes to mind is um, the great poems that our late Queen Salote wrote about um, about her life, about her children, about what happened in Tonga at the time. Um, those poems are still used by schools now in Tonga and uh, not only Tonga but um, all over the world. 
They've been used those songs and those poems for um, the Tongan, um, the Tongan Dawalonga, and and for other academic reasons as well. Yeah, I think in, out of all the poets um, in Tonga, I don't. Yeah, she is considered to be the most outstanding poet. Um, she's using the Tongan language, so um, to have that um, those original um, poems translated into English, I I don't know, Bessie, but um, up to now I haven't seen or find um, any translation. If there is any, I haven't come about it yet. But um, um, you just can't translate those Tongan poems, those um, the, um, those poems and songs that our late Queen Salote has written because it's there isn't any English words that could really um, um, bring forth those meanings and those value that um, that uh, Queen Salote used in her poems and in her songs and um, in, yes in Tonga those songs and those poems is still used in Tonga by schools, um, used um, for um, Tongan Dawalunga, Tongan dance, and with um, with important people coming over to Tonga, um, the Tongan people they use those songs that um, Queen Salo they wrote. They use those songs for dancing. They use those songs to share amongst friends and important people they coming over that. Um, that are visiting Tonga, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, I think that's the um, um, that's why her work, her poems, and her songs are very different mm -hmm. from others, because she wrote those in Tongan, and to transfer those, uh, to translate those Tongan um, poems and song into English, um, there isn't just mm -hmm. the right. You, I mean, you can explain it in English, mm -hmm. but then to have a word mm -hmm. where you can say, yes, mm -hmm. I can justify this, it will have the same meaning. You can't just find mm -hmm. the, the right word for it. Mm -hmm. And um, for me, that's for me that's why her poems are so um, different, mm -hmm. so unique, mm -hmm. and so um, it stood out. Um. I remember when I was high school, we were given a poem, um, one of um, Queen Salote's Ta'anga, and um, what's the Ta'anga of Kohayana Kuto Fakawa? I don't, I don't get the name, the but name. I know the yeah. So, in to translate that that line into English, it's more like a question: Who is hiding? You know, mm. something like that. So we were given that, that poem for us to translate into English. And even like the teacher that <laughs> she was just, you know, when we actually read out our poem, we just laughed because it doesn't make sense. When you read it in Tongan, yeah. it means a lot to you. Yeah. But when you translate it into yeah. your poem and you actually read it in English, yeah. it, don't feel anything, yeah. you know, it's this just is the value. Right? Yes, this is the value. Yeah. So, and I think, like you said, Wanda, mm -hmm. um, 
it is there is an opportunity for us to go into to, you know to to yeah. to think about it and expand mm -hmm. you know um, mm -hmm. um, on that a bit mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. and that has to be done by Tongans yes. you know because they are the ones who know about the meanings and also like for example for us if we are given a poem yeah. mm -hmm. we can't even mm -hmm. interpret it yeah. we have to go and ask the older people yeah. the older generation yeah. or we have to get like mm -hmm. a dictionary or look mm -hmm. for some vocabularies mm -hmm. so that we you know mm -hmm. um, because you know there is a poem that she wrote for her husband okay and um, the loca siliva you know the loca siliva and I don't if, 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 if you know about it Mele but then I remember when I was high school I came across um, something that you know people were um, someone was asking her why didn't you put down so loca siliva is, is silver so lock silver. it's a lock yeah. But it's silver. Mm -hmm. So someone asked her, "Why didn't you pick?" And she referred her husband to be the silver lock. You know, it's a lock. And they asked, "Why didn't you put golden loca cola, yes, golden yes, lock?" Yes. And I can't remember. She had a very good reason for that. Yeah. Why, you know, why she didn't refer her husband as a golden lock, okay. mm, but okay. just silver lock. Yes. You know, um, so you just see. Loca siliva, and mm. it is just oh, it's just a cold, just a, a silver lock. lock. But when you actually get to understand, understand it, mm. you have to to find out why mm. did she include she mm. is silver lock. Yeah, you know what is the metaphor? Mm. You know that metaphor. Mm. She is a lot of metaphors. Mm. Yes, just yes. so we call it in Tongan yes. heliaki. Yes. Okay. okay. You have to spend a whole year and try to interpret <laughs> one verse of her poem. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just so yeah. deep mm. and the, the lies, the richness uh, yes. in the meaning, yes. and, and we also and there are also other not only Kuntalote but um there are also other writers in Tonga. Um, there's Ebelia Ofa and um, Konaye Luthaimen. Konahelu was one of the person mm. that um, really uh, resonate with, um, you know, with me and how I think about the literature because just because um, from experience when I was um, at high school, um, I get to learn um, more about Island Fire um, and also. You, the choice of my parents. Um, so those were the the the, the poems written by Gunai Helu Thamen that I got um, the opportunity to study about when I was at high school, and um, and up to to now, um, you know those some of those um, key concepts that I've learned from those um, poems are still fresh in my head and I really admire the way how she um, wrote those poems so what she was thinking at that time 
Um, some of the poems are like sad poems, like for example, um, the Island Fire, she was talking about um, the dying culture and how all those new um, or Western ideas are coming into Tonga, try to, you know, and how she wished that, you know, those Tongan culture can be rekindled in the field, you know, like go back to using the olden um, way of of um, mm -hmm. of lives and traditional way of doing things, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and the poem you, the choice of of my parents. I remember when I was high school, we actually had to act that poem. Um, and um, there are so many kind of interpretations that you can mm -hmm. make to that particular poem. What do you think about that? Um, the poem. You, the choice of my parents. What do you actually um, think that is was you know? The mm -hmm. <clears throat> it kind of reminds me um, when I was in high school. I also had the chance to study you, the choice of my parents, and at that time, um, I thought that um, you, the choice of my parents, applies to um, arranged marriage because I'm um, reading the poem. By itself, I mean, I, I think that everyone will think that um, the poem is based on arranged marriage. But um, I look at the poem um, this year, actually. I um, look at the poem and reread it, reread it again and again. And I thought about it and I thought about at the time that um, back in Tonga, at that time when Gonai wrote the poem, there were um, issues about um, social, um, you know, how the hierarchy order mm -hmm. in Tonga. Elisa Bessie and Mele talk about how Konai's poem changes for them over time. In particular, how traditional gendered roles are now performed in the 21st century, while still honouring cultural expectations. Elisa Bessie and Mele hold a fascinating discussion about how the poem now draws attention to social order and in particular how agency allows for people to move within and between social hierarchies. Because that order does not apply to the whole nation but it, it, it always started home. At home there's an order at home and then going from home to the community, to the church and at school, there's a hierarchy order at school, and then to the whole nation as well. So when I read the poem again this year, I I'm, I kind of think about that, think about that um, social um, um, the status, mm -hmm. yeah, our status um, back in Tonga. You um, everyone, everyone is studying, everyone is working. Everyone is trying to reach up to that status in the society where they can see themselves being respected, where they see themselves being, um, um, what's that word again? Acknowledged? Yes, yes. being acknowledged by, by others. Mm. That's how I, I see the poem when mm. I read it again. Mm. Comparing to um, when I was in high school, yes, I thought I'm, mm. I was looking at arranged marriage because mm. the poem really, yes, it does really talk about um, arranged marriage back in Tonga because at the time arranged marriage was really 
I think in Tonga, parents would do the the choosing of the spouse with their children, and some yes, some um, of their children end up happy, and then there are others they didn't find that happiness, and that poem actually. Um, Talks about that now, mm-hmm. but then while reading it, like I said, while reading it again this year, it kind of, um, it kind of draw a picture of uh, for me about the sto- social status in Tonga back in the days. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, you know how the how Rexy or the in Tonga, there's the people and the mm-hmm. nobles and mm-hmm. then the king. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, there's. Different um, um, interactions between people and people, but when you're interacting with nobles, mm. that's a different that's mm. a um, different story about that. Mm. So yeah, I was thinking, I was looking at that, Bessie, um, mm. when I read the mm. poem again. Mm. But um, but I I believe if anyone who hasn't read the poem, mm. if that person read the poem, I know that the actual um, mm. the arranged marriage. I happy. Yeah. When a new person read the poem, I know that person will will think about arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. But um, for someone who has been studying about um, that actual poem that you, the mm-hmm. choice of my parents, and then re-studied it again, I think there will be another um, mm-hmm. uh, another reasons for that. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> just just me. Yeah. And I think this is the thing about um, when we're conducting research, particularly when it comes to indigenous research. Thayman talks about um, that Tongan literature is filled with symbolism and um, imagery. Uh, and so as a Tongan person, you need to have insight into the culture to understand that. Do you guys want to talk a little bit more about that? Um, I think John, what you just said, um, uh, Wanda, um, Based on the, the poem that we were just talking about, um, You the Choice of My Parents, like what Mele mentioned, that when I was at a high school, most of the of the um, thinking based around You the Choice of My Parents is that um, the arranging marriage, you know, like um, parents have like based their, their, their um, choice on some key things, like looking for someone who is the heir mm-hmm. of the family, that, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. um, like for example, they want me to marry like uh, mm-hmm. the, the eldest son of a mm-hmm. family so that they inherit the mm-hmm. land and mm-hmm. all the properties. Also, someone who is well-educated, mm-hmm. someone who has, um, who's rich, for mm-hmm. example, you know, who has a car. Mm-hmm. Those are the key things that most of the, um, the, the you know, selection or mm. yeah, yeah, choice we're based. Mella and Elisa Bessie talk about how the pursuit of social status has led to the way in which traditional roles are negotiated and performed in the home. Happy has explained um, when you read the poem, yes, it mm. does put you, especially when you're a woman, it puts you mm. into a vulnerable state. Yes. But when you um, step up Mm. and look at it closely Mm. at the poem, Mm. you will actually see that is what that um, that what happened in Tonga at at the time. Not only with um, with the choice and the responsibility of women, but as I mentioned before, 
it's all to do about status, mm. about your status mm. in, in the community, mm. whether you're a woman or a man. Mm. It talks yeah. about your status in the community yeah. or in your family yeah. or at church, at school, yeah. whatever um, society. Yeah. Yeah. It Is it still relevant now? Roy Millie's fascinating corridor. Both were asked whether the contemporary status of men or women is dependent on the performance of traditional roles. What do you think, Bessie? Um, well, it depends. Mm -hmm. But then, um, for me, if I have to answer that question from my personal experience, no. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> Yes, yes, and there's a yes and there's a no, you know. Um, you can play your role, but it comes to a time where you um, think that you as a, a woman in the family, you you need to, to um, have your voice in the family, in the decision making, you know. You have your voice and um, it comes to a time for me, I have to address you know if there's if my husband has something that I do not agree mm. or decision that he will make that I will have to 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 um, how do you call it I have to I think it's more like it's the decision making is not based on the husband yeah but you have a say yeah, to, sure. you yeah. you talk about it over with your husband mm. I mean today in Tonga you yeah. talk it over mm. and then from there you decide to get a, um, mm. what decision for the whatever you issue you're um, trying to make a decision of mm. but um you still know you have your, you know, you still mm. yep. your role as mm. a wife, yes. mm. a our tongue and cultures mm. and mm. traditions, mm. but the, you know, the, just the way how it is explained in the poem mm. itself, mm. it's a bit, um, it's no longer that loosen up, it's loosen up a little bit, yeah. you know, because yeah. you as a woman, you know that you you have a part to mm. play mm. in the family and also um, mm. you have a status like what Melly was you know yeah. it's mm. no you longer yeah. like this but it's more like there's a balance mm. between me and my husband mm. in decision making and all those kind of things mm. you know but it, deep in my heart I know mm. what I'm supposed to mm. do mm. but at the same time I know mm. that I have a voice yeah. you know and I have, um, yeah, and there might be some factors that, you know, contribute to that kind of um, perceptions. Um, might be different from how others may be back in Tonga, in other islands, in other villages. But I think, you know, you can see um, social media nowadays, and you can just see um, people's views, even in Tonga, you know. It, there's a huge difference, you know. Mm. They, you can see ladies, females, they, their voices up mm. there, mm. you know, and that yeah. Yeah. shows how strong and yeah. powerful they are mm. these mm. days in compared to mm. the past. Yes, you know? yes. Yeah. And yes. hierarchical, there are still points of tension where we understand that there are 
protocols like the VAR yes. and how yes. we engage. Yes. But it's done in a more, uh, it's a different time yes. in terms of people having uh, different fluidities yes. in terms of decision making that you're mm -hmm. talking about. Mm -hmm. Now just going back in terms of the, the topic about modernization, so um, um, Thayman talks about fire, mm -hmm. the notion of rekindling. Yes. Um, can you talk about her fears? The poem, the poem is Island Fire, mm -hmm. and um, that poem has been um, the same with the Yudhichos of my parents. The poem Island Fire has been um, um, impacted my way of thinking about Tongan Kaja for a long, long time, since the time I get to read. And there's one word that is in the poem that um, has been, you know, the word rekindle, conversation with someone, or read a book that has that word rekindle, it's just automatically taking me back to that yeah. classroom and that yeah. moment where mm -hmm. I heard the, the word, mm -hmm. you know, and then it, the tongue and culture automatically yeah. come yeah. into my head. Yeah. Um, when, I, when I say, you know, a mention yeah. or hear someone yeah. say rekindle, yes. you know, even if they talk about something else, I already think about yes. tongue and culture is yes. dying, yes. you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um, and that's how that poem has been, you know, um, uh, shaped the way how I thought and my, shaped in my thinking about um, um, the tongue and culture. Um, around it and because Gunai at that time most of her poems how I was how I saw about it was based on culture mm. was based on yeah people mm. also nature some mm. some of the key things that she included in, that was like a sad poem mm. you know because um, she started by talking about how Tongan culture was used to be like um, um, vibrant, you know, the culture was vibrant and it was alive, you know, mm -hmm. but then westernization come into Tonga and all those ideas shape everything mm -hmm. and people get to adapt to those kind of western ideas mm -hmm. and then they slowly, slowly mm -hmm. move away mm -hmm. from the from the Tongan traditional way mm -hmm. of doing things mm -hmm. and um, the values. And, and I mm -hmm. think even she talked about garrison and all those kind of things. Um, but then for me, um, probably she lost it of values, cultural mm -hmm. values, Tongan cultural values, like for example, the Fakave Gola. Um, respect, yes. um, mm. love, mm. and humility. Keep a relationship, yeah. you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Those, those values, mm. I think, they're starting to, you know, mm. to lose or fade away from, from the Tongan people. Um, yeah, and I think that around that time, Gonai no, um, um, probably she was aware of what was going on around that time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Just going, um, continuing on from Bessie, um, based on that fire, the words that um, she chose to use, embers of fire. Mm -hmm. You know, those little so embers signifies the dying culture, mm -hmm. that little embers of fire. 
is waiting to be rekindled mm -hmm. by coconut leaves. So coconut leaves it portrays mm -hmm. the Tongan culture, the Tongan traditional way of doing things. But then mm -hmm. at the last line she said um, kerosene is easier. Mm -hmm. So she was saying that the Tongan people at the time, um, to be more specific, I would Mm -hmm. I have to to say that the Tongan people at the time were starting to um, get things easier. Mm -hmm. So getting the kerosene and just light up the fire and that's mm -hmm. it, you have mm -hmm. fire. But then getting the dry coconut leaves and to start the fire in the Tongan traditional way, mm -hmm. that's not an easy thing to mm -hmm. do. But then as um, Gonai portrays in her poem, the culture is dying because of modernization and westernization and people in Tonga even um, today they um, are they using western materials to uh, replace the Tongan materials that were used for um, examples they were used for Da'awala mm -hmm. they were used for Da'awala that's, that's just one example mm -hmm. so um, Konai I think Konai at the time was looking at um, what will happen after 20 times, mm -hmm. um, uh, 20 years. Mm -hmm. If the Tongan people have um, used um, kerosene instead of um, the dry coconut leaves, then it will keep on changing. Tonga will keep on changing because um, they, they see things that, um, that is easier for them. Mm -hmm rather than having the value, they keeping the value um, with them. That is our culture. Mm -hmm. And the traditional ways, it's very unique. Um, talking about the Daovala, making of the Daovala, mm -hmm. it's very unique. The process, basically, mm -hmm. it's a very long process. But once you, um, you get used to it, mm -hmm. it's not very long for you. But that process, mm -hmm. it's not there anymore mm -hmm. because um, the, um, people have mm. replaced it with um, mm. the Western materials because it's it's easy. It's more mm. easy. You don't have to take um, a long process for mm. for that um, for the Dawala to to complete. But um, yeah, just as mm. Bessie has said, um, Konaihelu based most of her poems about um, about the changing that is happening in Tonga, mm. not just the culture, but um, the changing. With the um, uh, with what I was saying, with how we do things mm -hmm. daily, daily activities mm -hmm. in families, in society, in communities, mm -hmm. and yes, but um, the really important thing for me was is the words that she used, as um, the words that she used and the poems. Um, some poems are a very short. But those little words, they have so many meanings, mm, and they, powerful. yeah, yes, mm. yes, Bessie, mm. and they're so powerful. Mm. And, and as um, as Konaihelu mentioned in one of her essay, she said that um, if in order to understand her poems or indigenous writings, you need to know. Um, the context really well mm. in order for you to really understand mm. the yeah. deep value mm. and the deep meaning behind mm. those texts, mm. those indigenous texts. Mm. Absolutely. And, and one of the comments she makes is, um, uh, it's a critique really of 
uh, non-Tongan people, non-Pacific people, um, not seeing the value yeah. of always dismissing Pacific literature as uh, comparing it to Balangi yeah. literature because they do not understand the context. Yes. And because they do not understand the context, they therefore um, have these great opinions compared mm. to their own values. But they miss the point, eh? yeah. they miss the true meanings, they miss the richness of the yes. imagery, the symbolisms, um, like most of our literature has. Yes. Pacific literature is not as valued as highly mm -hmm. because of that very, that deficit yes, model yes. and because mm -hmm. they're comparing it to Western frames. Mm -hmm. As the conversation draws to a close, Elisa Pesci and Meli are asked what literary aspirations do they have for their children? I would, um, I would like my children to um, learn about our history our story through um, the Tongan literature, through um, stories that were written by Tongans. That's what um, I would like my children to to learn, and also um, most importantly, to learn about um, yeah, the how, how the Tongans write their own literature in their own language to know the words, to know the language, and how they are used to express ideas and opinions and issues and stories in a written um, work. Things, And um, the only way how they may interact and to find their own tongueness, if there is such a word mm -hmm. as tongueness, <laughs> is to go through literature, you know, to, yeah. to read the poem and get those, um, you know, um, books that were written by Tongans. Because those simple Tongan poems, you know, read them out. If there's a, um, like the Tongan language week, you know, mm. teach them a poem, they can mm. read it out. Mm. Then social media is, you know, very mm. popular. Teach them to read a poem and then just post it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Will stay there forever and then mm -hmm. they, you know, focus on Tongan, you know, on some of the Tongan literature. Um, seeing the fact that they were born and grew up here in New Zealand, they, you know, they lack that part of accessing the Tongan culture. Mm -hmm. Give them mm -hmm. those kind of things, let it live for the future. Malo Alpito Melen Elisabesi. Thank you so much for your contribution. <laughs>